Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of W-I-N-I-F-R-E-D, the podcast, writing, inspiring, notably, intentionally, for readers everywhere to discover. I am your host, Winifred, and for this episode of the podcast, I'm doing a special, and I'm just going to be talking about finding what it is that you love to do. I'm going to talk to you about my experience when I fell in love with writing and when I realized that writing is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I'm going to talk about the beauty of watching others find what it is, that special thing that they are passionate about, that special thing that lights up a room when they do it um, and how powerful that is. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. I was in the second grade. We were told to write poems. We were learning about poetry and nobody really felt like doing it. My classmates were bummed about it. They wanted to do other things. And I think this was close to the end of the school day. So people are watching the clock. Some of my classmates didn't take it seriously. They're just kind of killing time until the bell rings. But me? A child that always loved reading. I used to pretend that I was reading when I didn't know how to read. And I used to make up stories as I read. And the stories that I, or pretend, (laughs) as I pretended to read. um, And my stories were so good that people thought I was able to read (laughs) before I actually could. And that's how I knew that I was a storyteller. Because there was no question of whether or not I was reading. I had to be reading. Because every story that I was telling, you know, with the book, the big old book in front of my face, um, it just had to be real because it just made sense and it just sounds so good. I was a storyteller. And fast forward to second grade, writing poetry. I finished my poem. Teacher is collecting the poetry and she just so happens to to glance down at what I wrote and her eyes were just laser focused I remember my poem was about a bumblebee trying to sting me (laughs) and I even drew little bumblebees because I'm just that kid right I'm just that artsy uh, creative kid so She stops everything and she says, hey, class, listen to this. Winifred wrote this poem and she's reading it and she just sounds so proud. (laughs) After uh, about maybe 30 seconds in, I could hear some of my classmates hating because, you know, haters going to (laughs) hate. She didn't write that. Oh, she didn't write that. You know how kids are. But anyway, she did question me, though. She said, did, did you write this? I still remember. Uh, and I said, yes, I, I wrote this. She kind of gave me that look, like, are you sure? And then I remember her talking to me about plagiarism, which, which was a valuable, uh, I guess, learning moment, a teachable moment. But I didn't copy it. And she told me then that I was a great writer. I talked about this on an interview I did with the Highest Game Project uh, video you can actually find on YouTube and I'll link it so you can check it out if you want. But that was the first time I was told something about me was good. 
And that was the first time that I was basically singled out for being special. Something about me was special. I had a gift. And I thanked that teacher. Her name was Miss Taylor. <laughs> Miss Taylor, thank you for recognizing that in me because if you didn't tell me, who knows if I if I would have figured it out, when I would have figured it out, how I would have figured it out. But in second grade, you saying that I was a good poet, a great writer, hyping me up, that was the push that I needed, the motivation I needed, the the recognition, you know, of it all, that stamp of approval. The first thing I ever wanted to be was a teacher. That was the first thing that ever came out of my mouth. I had and still have so much respect for teachers. And I wanted to be a teacher. And maybe one day I'll go into detail of why I didn't study uh, early you know, education or, or anything like that. Because that's, that's what I wanted to do. But for her to say I was good at writing, it hit, it hit a little different. <laughs> As people like to say, it hit different coming from a teacher. I don't know if it would have had the same impact had it came from anyone else. Because teachers, to me, were like royalty. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's how it all started. And I continued to write poems. I started writing stories. I had composition books filled with, with stories. And I would just write and write and write. And I would read so much. I had stacks of books. And I had them decorated all over my room like trophies. And I remember, you know, family, friends, aunts and uncles or whoever would walk by my room. And they could see all those books piled up. And I was just so proud. And they would ask my parents, did she read all those books? They would have this look of, like, amazement. And they're like, oh, yeah, she loves to read. All nonchalant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she reads books. Da, da, da. (laughs) No big deal. They never even really knew, I guess, the extent of my passion for writing. Because, as I said on the very first episode of this podcast, Acronyms and Aggravation... You might want to check that episode out where I break down how writing was not looked at something special uh, in my family. It wasn't something that was highlighted. Nobody ever said to me in my family, hey, there could be a career for you in writing. There was never, maybe you should write a book. Let me teach you about writers, authors, playwrights all these all these different kinds of writers there was no discussion of that it was just disregarded yeah you can write so write your assignments get good grades that's what your writing will do for you it'll get you good grades so you can do other things but you guys can listen to that episode for that but anyway that was the start of me writing and there were times where I may have faded in and out of writing, focused on my academics, kind of had my sights on different things, but writing is something that would always come back up somehow. Another teacher would would recognize me for my writing or tell me to do this contest 
submit my work here, submit my work there. Tell me good books to read to help improve my writing because I was very creative and they knew that I needed to to continue to develop and sharpen my gift. From grade school all the way to college, all the way to even now in my graduate program. <laughs> I don't know if this is normal, maybe it is, but you know, my professor told me he was proud of my work. He said, I'm proud of your work. This paper that you've written, I am proud. And that that stuff means something to me, whether it's winning a competition here or there or having a professor, you know, from graduate school or undergrad single me out and continue to push this narrative. Winifred, you're an excellent writer. You should be writing books. <laughs> You should do something with this poetry. And I really feel like God is keeping that, kind of like that broken record, broken record, making sure that I am always reminded of what I'm here to do. And I appreciate that. And I move forward in that. And I continue to put myself in different situations because I feel like it's my duty and I feel good when I do it. Somebody asked me, why do you like writing? And I said, when I'm writing, it feels like all the good feelings wrapped up into one. I told her I wish I could ball up that feeling that I get when I write, put it in a jar and give it to every single person on this planet. That's how good it feels. It feels so good that I want to share it, that I want every person to experience how good it feels. I don't know if you have Disney Plus, wherever you're listening, whoever's listening. And there's that movie called Soul, and it's a great movie. It's animated, you know, it's great for kids, but there's also some adult themes in there that are really touching. And I have compared writing to being a musician. <laughs> Like when I type, it's like I'm making music. It's like playing the piano. That's how it feels. And in the movie Soul, I'm not going to talk too much about the movie, but the main character, it shows him when he plays the piano and how it feels like he's floating. It feels like he's in a totally different dimension. Um, and that's how I feel when I write. So that's how it happened for me. And everybody has their own unique story of how they figured out they love doing what they do or how they started. What it feels like when they're in their element, when they're in that zone. And I love to see it and I love to help people realize it because I notice I see a lot. I see so much good in people naturally, which can be a good thing and it can also be a bad thing. Because I'm one of those people that like to focus on the positive. Focused on, I'm always focused on the good in people. So sometimes I'll see somebody doing something and I think it's so awesome. And it appears that they don't even know how awesome they are. 
and it bothers me. <laughs> it shouldn't bother me, but it does. It's like I wish they could see themselves the way I see them because I see them as being superstars, being so incredible. And I see so much for them. And I'm like, hey, do you know you could be doing this? You could be doing that. And then I end up exerting so much of my energy and my time into trying to get them to see how incredible they are. Or investing my time trying to help them find out what it is that they would like to do if they don't have an idea. A lot of us don't realize what can be considered a gift and a talent. Some people are very narrow-minded with what is considered special. The gift of gab is special. The gift of patience is special being an empath <laughs> I'm the biggest empath <laughs> is special being a good listener is special being organized is special okay being fly <laughs> You know, some people just fly. Like, it don't matter what they have on. They just fly. That is special. Some people are gorgeous. And I say it sometimes because it's like, you know how they have that phrase, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Because <laughs> really, people be out here hating. They're like, oh, she's not famous for anything. She just looks good. Or he's not famous for doing anything but being fine. I mean, that's special. <laughs> that's special. Um, I think, and that's something that you can make a career out of. You can make a career out of being a good listener. You can make a career out of knowing all the cool places to eat. You can make a career out of just about anything and you can take your strong points and look at them as a talent hopefully I'm making sense here <laughs> I think we need to open up our minds more and appreciate ourselves more in our natural state some people have really powerful voices but they don't have the words. Some people have powerful words, but don't have the voices. Some people just have presence. Have you ever seen certain people, you never heard their voice before, but when they're in a room, you're just drawn to them, right? They just, they have a presence. I don't want to just sound like I'm rambling, but hopefully you kind of follow what I'm saying. Everybody's special. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a talent. And you continue to acquire special traits as you grow. Like you, you're born with certain things and then you acquire certain things along the way. If that makes sense. 
So maybe you're at a point in your life where you have no idea what's special about you. Nobody's ever told you. You've never had that special feeling. I mean, it's quite possible that whatever it is, you just haven't encountered it yet. You haven't had that opportunity yet where you're introduced to whatever special thing it is. That's very possible. Don't think because you're at a certain age that there's no hope for you. Don't think just because you live in a certain place that you can't get popping right where you are. You know, everybody doesn't have the means to pick up and just go wherever, whatever industry they may be interested in is booming. Not every actress can just get up and move to Los Angeles. You can pop where you are, especially in today's society, right? You can pop where you are. You can make yourself pop. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting off topic, but if you get anything out of this special, it is that you are special. (laughs) You are special. And I want you to feel special. I want you to look at yourself and just be drowning in, in specialness. This is special about me. That about me is special. I want you to write a list of all the things that are special about you. Because I'm pretty sure if I met you, if I had any kind of interaction or engagement with you, I could come up with a list. And I've done that before. I could talk to somebody for 10 minutes and come up with a list of what is special about them without even really knowing them. I could look at somebody's social media profile. And it could be one of those like janky profiles (laughs) that don't have too much on them. But as long as they have maybe like a video or two. A little bit of content, maybe. I could probably tell you. I'm up for the challenge. Hit me in my DMs if you follow me on Instagram on the podcast site for W-I-N-I-F-R-E-D, the podcast. Send me a message. Send me a voice message on Anchor, wherever you're listening. I think that's one of my talents, being able to recognize the talent in others. So... Know that you're special. Know that you can turn the things that are special about you into careers, into streams of income. And you can get out of this mode where you feel like there's no hope for you if that's how you feel. You can get into the space where you tap into what you're supposed to be doing with your life and you walk in that in that purpose in that mission and then you will really start thriving you'll really start thriving and you won't feel like you're you're working that's the one thing that i noticed about writing i'll stop everything Cause I got jobs on jobs on jobs and I'll stop everything to write something. And it's just such a freeing 
feeling, even if I am writing because I'm doing some freelance work or something like that, I don't feel like I'm working. It's so beautiful to feel like you're not working while you're working. Back to the movie Soul. When he's out there gigging, I don't even recall if he was talking about money. For him, he just wanted to be on the stage and then, you know, getting the gig or whatever, money comes along with it. But it's such an incredible feeling. So that is my spiel. That is my special. I know I'm kind of all over the place with this one, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you if you're a return listener, a loyal listener. Thank you for coming through W-I-N-I-F-R-E-D, the podcast. If you're brand spanking new and this is your first time, I welcome you. I hope I said something that is helpful to you. Check out the other episodes. I have two interviews that are coming up in this month of March. And it's crazy because it's like the month is almost over. I'm in grad school right now and I'm just like whew, staying focused, keeping my head in the game. So... You know, I've kind of been squishing in interviews, but I'm definitely going to get them posted before the month is out. This is all I have for you. Thank you for coming by. Take care. Much love.